Welcome to Beyond Podcast. I'm your host, Anthony Petralis, and we are so excited for today's guest. You know, I had the honor and privilege of, of coaching this young man, uh, someone who, you know, I've been in coaching for a long time. And, you know, there's a few that come through over the years that you don't forget and you just, you always stay in touch with. And this guy is exactly that. Uh, one of the hardest working, most humble uh, people I've ever coached and been around, truthfully, as a, as a human being. So I'm honored to get him on here. I'm honored for him to tell his story. And, and I thank him for taking the time. He's on spring break this week. Uh, he plays in New Haven, uh, quarterback, stud, uh, all world. So I'm super excited. So without further ado, ladies and gentlemen, Paul Hammond. Thank you. Thank you for having me. Appreciate it. Yeah, man. So I want to thank you because obviously you're a beyond all-star. Uh, you know, you, I reached out to you about it and you were all for it um, right when you were starting school, too. So it was kind of a busy time for you and you made time to make a nice video for us. And, um, you know, you always have been a huge fan to this. So I, I really, really appreciate that from you. No problem. I was going to support you, Coach B, for sure. Yeah, man. So, you know, I, I want to like jump into just for the audience to hear a little bit of, of how we know each other and 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 how we kind of came about. You know, I took over at Arlington Catholic uh, 2018 as the head football coach there. You know, I had a season under my wings and then I, I, I kind of came in touch with Paul. Like, truthfully, there was there was a local high school, Pope John, that was closing and they had an open house. And I had went down there with a few coaches from the staff and I had met a lot of kids like Malachi, Isaiah, Manny, um, and a few others. I, you know, I can't think of my head, but those three stand out. And then you weren't there because you traveled and people don't know this, but you, you live in Brockton and you travel to Everett by, you know, waking up early, taking trains, taking, you know, vans that picked you up from a train station. I mean, you grinded and worked hard and we're going to talk about that with your time at Island Catholic, but I had spoken to your your mom. I, your mom had reached out to me. I remember it was like summer camp and she had called and we talked on the phone for a while. And, uh, you know, she she was really wanted you to come. And, and, you know, I talked to her about the distance and how far it was. And she said, it's not a problem for my son. He's more than willing to wake up early and put in the work. And traveling to Brockton to Allentown, Massachusetts every day is, is a hike. So you did it and you were great in the classroom as well. So, you know. I met you and instantly it just, it was a great connection. You know, there was a lot of quarterbacks in the program at that time and you kind of tried out and beat everybody out, you know, and I told you you had a fair chance to win it and and you earned it and you won it. So, um, you know, you're a type of guy that, you know, this is the type of kid that you build a program around, you know, in all seriousness. And I'm not just saying that because he's in front of me and it's not, you know, just by the performance on the field, it's the character piece of it. It's how hard he works. It's how humble he is. It's, you know, how he gets along with people, how he speaks to people. It's just, you know, if you're building a high school football program, you know, or even a college football program now that he's in college, you know, you build it around the kid like Paul for sure. So uh, talk about that. I mean, talk about your decision to go to Arlington Catholic, travel every day from Brockton, why you made that decision, you know, let these young guys know out there, man, the grind that you put in at the age of 16, 17 years old. So first, really, it was um, I was actually going to go to Cardinal Spellman and we were set on it, which and is like 10 minutes down the street from you, mind you, too. Minutes, right. Really, like, yeah, like really right there. And my mom wasn't really like too fond of the school and they weren't really like seeing like seeing what the future could hold of me, like being there. They weren't really seeing like the vision of me being there. And we didn't I really wasn't seeing eye to eye like with the staff there. So I remember Sam actually had called me randomly. I'm walking my dog, like in the summer, he randomly called me. He was like, Hey, like, have you figured out what you're going to do for school? Like since Pope John closed. 
And I was like, to be honest, like, I don't know where I'm going to go now. Like, I was going to go to Spelman, but it's not really a great fit for me and my family. He was like, come to practice one day. Come to uh, throw with us. See if you like it at Arlington Catholic. And then I'll introduce you to the coaching staff. And then from then on, as soon as I met the guys and got to throw and got to, like, work out with the team, I was like, yeah, like, I'm coming. Like, I'm sold. And... Like, obviously, the coaches can't be there because it's the summer and all that. But I remember coming home that day and talking to my mom. And she was like, if this is what you want to do, like, I'm going to support you. And I'm going to, like, fully back you on this. But you have to be committed. Like, you have to be able to keep your grades up. And you have to be able to do what you have to do on the field, take care of the stuff um, that you have to do on the field. And I was explaining to her, like, if you let me go here, if you let me travel, I promise I'll get up on time. I promise I'll make that commitment to school and my team. And that's really what I did. And from then on, like, I just told myself, like, if Arlington Catholic is going to be the school, like, this is a school where I'm going to have to, like, dwell in the classroom first, take care of that first, and then dwell on the field. And I think you being there and Coach Cobb and Coach Deja and – all the staff and all of my teachers really helped me out too, because they understood my situation and made it and made it easy for me to succeed. So it really wasn't all me. It took a village, but honestly, I would like to also thank the AC staff too, because they were a big part of me staying there and continuing my academic career there, not just my athletic career. So I like to tip my hat to you guys as well. I appreciate that. I mean, we didn't do much, dude. You know, you, you, we just got you there, but you got yourself there, you know? So when you were traveling, like what was your wake up time? So what time, I mean, school starts at what? Like seven 45, seven 45. So I was getting up at four 15, getting dressed, getting ready, leaving the house at five to catch a five forty train to um South station from South station. I had to, take the train to i believe oh man i can't think of the station um it was a red line stop and then taking the bus from the red line stop all the way to arlington catholic so that was a hike every day but it was a commitment and i was committed to it so you know I, it was it was worth it in the end it served its purpose and um i like eventually i got used to it and i i like i put like i got past it like also being at pope john kind of got me used to traveling but Arlington was a little bit of a hike. I'm not going to lie. I mean, that was like the biggest thing I remember talking to your mom about. I was like, listen, I love to have your son. This sounds amazing, but that's a commute. Like that is no joke. And for a young high school kid, like I just want to make sure that he's able to do that. Cause like you said, academics is first. I'm a teacher. Like that was like what immediately kind of popped to my head was like, how is this kid going to be able to balance a tough academic record? AC is no joke yeah. uh, as far as academics go and being able to balance uh, being a new kid at a school, being, you know, quarterback of the football team, you know, having those pressures and, you know, you handled it extremely well, better than most kids I think could handle it, you know, even better. So um, it was, you know, like I said, you don't have to thank us. It was the, the pleasure was all ours for sure. Um, and then obviously, you know, it was a bummer. I, I left after your junior year and um, you know, I didn't get the chance to coach you my senior year, which, 
you know, it was a, was a total bummer. Um, but you had a great senior year play in the Aganis High School All-Star game. You were the MVP of that game. Um, so you were definitely turning heads, your progress in two years of how you grew as a quarterback. I mean, you have an arm that you could throw the ball 60 yards. And I'm not even joking. I could probably pull some clips up on huddle of you hitting Jose down the field or you hitting Steve down the field, like in stride. I mean, like in stride, 40, 50, 60-yard passes, like on the money. So uh, to see your game develop that second year with running the football a little bit more and being able to hit those you know slants and drags and things across the middle uh it was fun to see it was fun to watch um but for you you decided to go prep which a lot of kids do but you decided to go prep and i think it was georgia like you you were down south right so talk about that decision because most kids go to prep they go locally but you went i mean for all intents and purposes you traveled as almost as far as you could go south from our location so what was the decision making behind that for you that you felt that was the best fit for you to be honest, and I'm going to be completely honest, I did not want to go that far. Like, I had so much options to stay in New England. And at first, that was the plan. Like, I had a bunch of schools that were willing to take me um, at quarterback at my position and and be able to, like, get an, a good education and play. But I think the main thing was, is, like, I feel like – the only thing that I didn't accomplish as a high school quarterback in Massachusetts was obviously getting a state title. And I felt like I accomplished everything else. I threw for over a thousand. I ran for over a thousand. Like I've done everything. I've thrown for a lot of touchdowns. I won the MVP at the Aganis game. And I was like, honestly, if I'm going to become a better player, I have to play the best. And I felt like if I went down South and I've seen the best and I played the best and played against kids that are going to power five, level schools and are, are playing on national television that if I want to be on that level and if I want to be as good as them, then I have to go, I have to give myself that experience and give myself that chance. Um, and I felt like that was, that was honestly one of the best decisions that I made in my entire life. Like I've changed as a person more than I've changed as a player. I've, you know, I've gotten more mature. I've gotten more mature in my skill level as well. Like even off the field, like I can't think that's cool enough either because they really made they really molded me into really into the person that I am now and um it was a, it was a great overall experience and I think the the main reasoning was just really because I wanted to become better and I really wanted to see what down south football is like and how much how I stack up against those guys and how much better I could get so I mean, really talk talk about the speed difference talk about the game difference I mean you're competing against the best so going down there first couple of practices like what was going through your mind I remember one game we played. Um, it was a team from Atlanta, and they had this one DN. I forget what school he was committed to, but he was unreal. He was telling my offensive line what he was going to do before the play. And, and did it. And did it. <laughs> <laughs> he was doing it. And I'm like, man, you got to block this guy. Like, come on. Yeah. Um, but I've had, to, I've had to get a stronger arm. Like, I thought my arm was strong enough, and I'm – throwing the guys that run four threes and four fours. Now I'm not throwing the guys that run four sixes and four sevens at, at the receiver level. I'm running away from six, five DNs instead of five, eight DNs. And I'm learning how to maneuver between that and maneuver in the pocket and see things a little bit quicker and make reads um, a lot quicker and a lot faster. And I feel like that's helped also um, elevate to the college level too, but just playing against those guys, everyone's fast, everyone's physical, everybody's bigger, faster, and stronger, and you just have to adapt. And that was the one thing that I had to do. I definitely started off slow. 
I was not used to the speed. I wasn't used to the heat. Like I was completely out of my element, but I just had to, you know, come back down to earth and just realize like I'm here for a reason. Um, I'm also playing against these guys. These guys have to play against me too. Like I'm not just going to let them, you know, do whatever they want. So I just had to get better. I had to grow up a little bit. And I think that it definitely were, ended up working out. I ended up playing in the post-grad All-American Bowl. Ended up doing really well there. And I really I really did prove to myself that I am just as good, if not better, than a lot of those guys. So that, that overall experience was great. I mean, you mentioned, like, and you're right, like, in for the audience out there, a four three four four forty versus like a four six four seven forty might not seem like a big deal. It's tenths of a second, but you know that's the difference between hitting somebody in stride and the receiver having to slow down just a little bit for maybe the defender to make a play on it to just getting back in coverage to maybe it being a, a you know walk in touchdown versus you know the receiver making the catch and getting tackled at like the fifteen or ten yard line or whatever. So those tenths of a second do make a difference. What would you say? Like you said, you matured a lot as a player, as a person, on and off the field. On field, what would you say was your biggest improvement as a quarterback going down there, playing for a year? What did you feel like? What part of your game did you feel like got so much better? I would say not not mainly like completely skill level, but being able to be mentally tough and taking hits from guys that are 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 huge. Like, yeah, I've had to learn how to take a hit, which I didn't really do um, in high school. I never really got hit really hard in high school. I've had to learn, like I said earlier, how to make quicker reads. I've had to learn how to play through pain and be able to be able to not only when things happen to me, don't allow other don't allow the opposing team and my teammates to see my head down, too. That was one thing I had to learn from high school um, as well. So I think the main thing is really just being mentally tough and being able to let other guys know that you're there for them and be the leader that be the leader that I, that I was, I'm supposed to be and be the leader that I am now. Yeah. So, yeah. And I think, you know, and I think that you, I mean, that's the hardest thing about high school, right? Like when I first started coaching high school football, you had a staff full of people that were like young, hungry, maybe wanted to coach at the highest high school level possible or coach collegiately. And I, you know, I had, I was lucky to have a few guys with me that coached, you know, division one college right now that, you know, I learned from and grinded from and, and understood. I think what's harder nowadays is, and, and I've seen it even just over the last few years and more so post COVID, it's hard to put a coaching staff together. It's hard to get people to commit to it. It doesn't pay a lot um, to get a good, complete staff with positional people. I mean, most high school staffs, you might have three, maybe four guys that are really kind of doing everything everything. And then you kind of have everybody else that are filling in spots, whether they're coaching, you know, the lower level or they're there coaching an individual position or they're helping out coaching a position. So we used to always say with you, I was just like, yeah, you know, Paul's just going to develop at that next level because he is going to get that individual coaching. Like to me, I felt like your game was pretty strong. I felt like at the college level, you were going to learn to like pre-snap read a lot better. I felt like you were going to be able to kind of not only pre-snap read, but progressively read like, you know, most college coach, I mean, most college quarterbacks now, I mean, the really good colleges, they might only have to make two reads before the quarterback throws the ball because their athletes on the outside are just a lot better. But you know, like I say it with what's his name in, in Jacksonville. Um, Trevor Lawrence. Yeah. Like I'm sure in the ACC at Clemson, I mean, he made two reads and by the second read, someone was open. You know what I mean? The first read, if it wasn't open, the second was, 
And then I think when he got to the NFL, I mean, Urban Meyer, I think had a lot to do with maybe his first year, what it was, but I felt like it just took him a while to really make his third and fourth reads. And once he got better at that, his numbers didn't lie specifically the second half of the season when Jacksonville really started winning games. So, you know, we felt that way about you. We felt, I mean, coach Cobb and I just said, yeah, when he gets coached at the next level, like he's going to learn those little things. He has the arm to go with it, but he's going to learn those things to get rid of the ball quicker, read a defense quicker, uh, being able to progressively make more reads and, you know, that's exactly what I'm hearing here and what we thought you were very capable of. And you did it at such a, a real high level too, which is, which is even more impressive. And so you played in the post-grad all American game. Where was that? It was actually in Daytona beach, Florida. It was like all of the best um, uh, post-grad players all there. It was a weekend of just competition every day competing against the best. And I really, it really brought the best out of me too, because I'm seeing Six four quarterbacks, you know, I'm only six one and a half, maybe. You know, I'm seeing six four guys really throwing it, and I'm, you know, I'm I'm there competing too, and really showing that I can stack up against them. Um, even the linemen, like those guys are like six five, six six. You got receivers, like I said, that are running four threes and four fours. So you really gotta like, you really gotta like really lock in and really like bring your, right. yeah, bring your skills and your talents with you. So so you know. Before we jump into all that, is there anybody, was there anybody there like notable, like any college football players, names that we would recognize or anybody that plays at a power five school? I'm sure there were a lot of power five school kids there, uh, but anybody that stands out particularly or just no, not really. He's not playing there right now, but there was an Alabama corner there and he was unreal. Like, I'm glad he was on my team. He was, on, <laughs> he was unreal. His He had great hips. He had great feet. I can't, I'm can't. i sorry I can't remember his name, but That's okay. he had great hips and great feet, and he was really, really good in um, man coverage. So he was he was, he was was pretty unreal. He did he did his thing at the, um, at the bowl. That's cool, man. That's real cool. And 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 it's great, you know, because it, it can go, it can be really intimidating going into something like that and playing against kids that are, you know, power five kids or D1 offers all over the place. And for you, like your work ethic alone, like skill, skill, like we could say people have the skill to play this or play that, but I've always felt work ethic is, is outrules everything because at some point the skill level does balance between kids that are competing against each other. So it's like, what are you doing extra to then take that skill level and be even that much better? Right. Cause you can always improve your skill, but for the most part, when a bunch of really good players are playing together, there is that next level of separation. And that might be film study. That might just be prep. That might be after field work and, you know, running routes with receivers after practice is over. And you did a lot of that in high school. So I'm sure that carried over to you there as well. Um, yeah. Before we jump into your decision-making to kind of come back home and so on, we were kind of giggling about this like off air a little bit. You had mentioned to me and, and my audience knows I have this morning show at my school that like has turned into this like monster of a thing. And you were talking about it. So I just want to give you an opportunity because I want to put this on my social media that people hear how I, I'm so glad that people actually pay attention to this and think it's really funny. So my mom and I were recently, literally, matter of fact, yesterday discussing about the security guard situation in the morning <laughs> announcements. So to the vice principal, please allow Coach P to keep doing his thing. I'm supporting it. My mom's supporting it. We love it. So let's keep let's keep that going. Let's keep that going on. That's right. So you, you guys are listening here. The morning show has a lot of fans ranging all over the state of Massachusetts. 
and it's got to keep going. It's got to keep going. So I, I appreciate that plug. Uh, that means more to me than I than words can express. So I, I truly appreciate that. But you know, we have a lot of fun in our school. I work at a, a great place with a great staff. A lot of Arlington Catholic alums. I think there's about seven or eight teachers that went to Arlington Catholic at some point. So a big AC Cougar, a uh, bunch of people. And so, yeah, so it's a lot of fun. So I appreciate that a lot. And I appreciate that plug. Uh, so back to reality, back to, to how awesome you are here. So obviously traveling down South and, and playing in a post-grad Super Bowl is huge. I mean, obviously to be invited to that, this postgraduate, it's everywhere. It's all over the place. So you got selected to do that. How did it look after that for you? You play a year of post-grad and now you're making that decision. Like, was there a consideration to stay where you were or to stay more Southern or was it your goal to always kind of come back home? I mean, I know you and your mom are really close and, uh, you know, I'm sure that had a big decision to do with the two, but talk about that for my young audience out there. Like you, you've achieved at a high level. I mean, you were playing with kids that were committing all over the place. So for you, how did that go? Were there offers out there for you? I mean, how did that stuff work? So actually, a couple of the schools down south that were talking to me were really giving me really a bunch of like JUCO opportunities and then a bunch of like small HBCU schools. And I wasn't opposed to that at all. Like I respect the coaches that reached out to me because obviously they believed in me. However, I just felt like I wanted to be a little bit more close to home. I did enjoy my time in Georgia, don't get me wrong. And I felt like the experience I had there was the experience I had there. And I feel like everything that I needed to go down there to learn and how to adapt, I feel like I've learned. And I feel like being away from my family a little bit allowed me to really think to myself about what I wanted to do um, and making a decision to come back home and play, play closer to home. I wanted my family to be able to see me. I wanted my family to be able to travel to games, be able to come check up on me. And that was really the main thing for me was just being able to be close to my family and just making sure that I'm close to them, but they're close to me as well. Um, family is really, really, really important to me. So that was really one of the main reasons um, in choosing to stay close to home. But as far as picking New Haven, they were really the school that was um, reaching out. And I obviously I had to do my part as a student athlete to reach out, but they reached out too. And um, as soon as I visited, obviously the blue turf, was definitely a the seller, man. It's smart that they do it. I tell you, it's a seller. Yeah, it was a selling point. And I really agreed on what the coaches were telling me. Um, and we we saw eye to eye on a few things. So I felt like it was um, in my best interest to stick to stick with um, to that school and commit. So that was really the main thing about my decision. Yeah, you know, and, it, and I found it so interesting when you went down to Georgia and we kind of had chatted about that a little bit. And then, you know, when you came back and I saw that you were going to New Haven and to see and, and to truthfully see how well you to hear how well you were doing down there and, and coming back up north and family. I know you said it, you're such a big family guy. And, you know, just even coaching you the year that I coached you, you know, your mom was so involved and, um, you know, you're a good kid. So I, I'm and I have kids now and. I realize how important family is more than ever. And so I get that. And, and I, and I think that that's a huge part of any decision that anybody makes is, you know, it's a family decision. I've had a couple college athletes. I had Isaiah Osgood out here. And we talked about, you know, making the best right. decision for his family and where he was going to go to school and financially how that helps. And so all of that does weigh in, you know, to, to decision-making as far as where you go and so on offensively, uh, obviously, you know, you, 
you're going in, you're competing, and obviously you competed against some great quarterbacks uh, where you went. So coming in, I'm sure you obviously competed against some great quarterbacks too. But um, talk about offensively the identity at New Haven. Was it similar to what you ran between Arlington Catholic and being in Georgia? Was it something completely different you had to learn? I mean, talk about the, I guess, the adapting to to them offensively. So really at Arlington Catholic, we were spread mainly. And um, when Coach Wilcox took over my senior year, he was really an air raid guy. So we were throwing yeah. them a lot. A lot. <laughs> and, <laughs> and you I, were probably I, running a lot too. Yeah, I was, I was doing <laughs> a bit of everything. So um, when I got to post-grad, it was, we were mainly multi-spread. We were under center a lot. And that was mainly because my coach wanted me to learn how to also play under center as well as not just being too comfortable, you know, in the gun a lot. So um, when I got to New Haven, I was able to like, not not so not so much learn quickly, but learn to adapt a little bit better as far as um, understanding the language. And I feel like I've learned that from postgrad just because we went about things more at the college level, um, just with signals and the different verbiage and understanding what, you know, what is being called and sliding a protection and calling out linebackers, calling out the mics and, you know audibling and stuff like that so I've learned that and I've learned to adapt that and add that to my game when I got to college but at New Haven we're really still a multi-spread team kind of like what we were doing at AC and we're really under center mainly when we get inside the five you know um goal line situations but um I feel like I feel like as far as me learning I feel like I've been adapting pretty well recently to just you know being in spring ball and taking the time to look over the plays and review. Um, I feel like that's helped as well. A lot of the young guys, though, you high school guys, get in your playbooks, please, because that's the difference between you playing and you not playing. And I, we see guys a lot, especially at the college level, that have all the talent, have all the skills, and don't get in their playbooks, and they don't play because of that. So my, my true, 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 true and honest opinion is please get in your playbooks, young guys, because that will take you farther than just – being a super athletic guy that has all the abilities, you got to have the brain, you got to have the smarts, you got to know what you're doing because at the end of the day, there is somebody just like you and there's somebody that's just as talented, just as good, just as big, just as fast. And you have to be able to outshine them. And the playbook is really, is really what um, makes a difference. So we talked about that. I'm glad you just said that. So when we said earlier about like players kind of at some point at the high level, being the same, you know, athletically, they're gifted, they're very good. So there's a separation. So would you say for you was the biggest separation for you of like maybe being and competing with people with similar talent was just burying your face in your face uh, in your playbook and saying, I need to learn this. I need to understand this offense. I need to be able to make those line shifts. I need to be able to make those audibles. I mean, is that kind of where you think you separated yourself as far as maybe guys that you were competing against a little bit? I think when I first got there, I think the biggest thing for me was I already knew how to throw the football. I was good on the run. I was good in the pocket. I know how to throw the ball. I'm good with my feet. I'm good with my alignment. I know what I'm doing as far as throwing the ball. My biggest thing was just understanding protections a little bit more. And I feel like once you once you really learn protections and lock in on those and then start to really learn that when you learn the coaching system and add the coaching system into your game and incorporate it, I feel like that's what makes you better. I don't think um, that it's 
fully separated me because we're all smart. We're all smart in the QB room. We all know what we're doing. I think it's really the work ethic thing and how bad you want to be a part of the team and how bad you want to play. I think my first year, I really did have a great opportunity to learn behind uh, Connor Degenhart. He's um, he's actually, he actually just wrapped up his pro day. Learning behind him has really helped me. And he was really instrumental in my um, progress and, and learning how to become a college quarterback because I was out there freestyling for a little bit. I didn't know yeah. what I was doing. Things are moving a little bit fast, but he definitely helped me and took the time with me to become better. And he's been really instrumental um, as far as as far as me becoming a lot better. I'm still just getting over this redshirt year. So next year I'll be a returning freshman. And I think the biggest leap for me is just not being not being stuck in my own ways and being stuck in my head and just really being able to just go out and say, hey, the DB is 10 yards off. I'm going to throw this hitch right away. If they're giving me this, I'm going to do this. I have to shift the line this way and I have to call it. I'm like, if I see a blitzer, I'm going to have to check and call who the blitzer is. And I feel like those nuances and those small things are really what's going to take my game to the next level. And it's really it's really just going to help my game mature for that level of play. And I feel like in the future, I feel like I'm going to I'm going to really be good at those things. And I'm really going to become what I'm supposed to be like you and like you and coach Cobber trying to get me to understand (laughs) and I wasn't really understanding them, but it's all coming full circle now. And I appreciate you too, as well for, for doing that. So it's it's all coming full circle. No, it's great to hear. It's great that you're like seeing it and things are slowing down for you. Now, obviously you get to learn on the, somebody who had a pro day. Um, Now that's cool. I mean, that's cool. So how does that work? A a bunch of scouts kind of come to your school and were you able to watch and like see it and stuff like that? How did that all kind of go down? So it wasn't at my school. I'm pretty sure he did his, I want to say at UMass, I think. Okay. Um, I texted him about it. He told me about it. He did. He did a really good job. So I'm proud of him. And, um, you pretty much like a pro day is you go, you do a series of throws in front of scouts, you run, you test, you jump. And um, pretty much you 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 try to make a team. You do your best to try to make a team. And you meet with NFL guys, they meet with you, and you go over things that they do in their system, and you pretty much sell yourself to them of, of why they should pick you. It's like an audition pretty much. So now is he, uh, is he straight up I, I'm going to be a quarterback or is he looking to go in and say, Hey, like I can play this too. I'm an athlete. I can do this. I can do that. Or is he strictly just a QB guy? Connor is a quarterback. Gotcha. Okay. That's great. <laughs> up and down. Yeah. He's a quarterback for sure. All right, cool. Yeah. So talk about the QB room, what it looks like. Obviously, you redshirted, you're coming in your freshman year. I mean, how many QBs are, does your program carry? I mean, how many guys are there? And, you know, where do you see yourself matching up? I mean, obviously, you're doing spring ball, you're home from break. Uh, so what's it look like for you now that you got a year under your belt, you understand the system, you've seen a real good person do it in front of you? I mean, where do you stand? Where do you look? I mean, what's that all look like? So right now it's really unclear because we do have guys coming in and out of the room. Right now we have five. Um, and where I see myself really is I'm not really focused on what I can't control. Obviously, I'm just going to go into spring ball and do the best that I can and do and control the things that I can control. And I feel like everything will take care of itself. Right now, I am the youngest guy on the roster and I am, you know, the 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 only freshman and I'm pretty sure we're not taking any incoming this year. So my job is I have to go get it pretty much. I have yeah. to go and then show and show what I can do. So um, 
I'm just going to keep the main thing the main thing and just do do what I do best, and that's throw the football. So I'm just going to yeah. stick, stick with that plan. What's that? What's your favorite play in the playbook? And and walk us through it. Like if you, if you got to the line, you had a chance to call a play to win the game. What's the playbook? And what's the play in your playbook right now that uh, you you would be calling? I can't give that information. <laughs> but, but I do. I do. My one of my favorite plays. We have a, a double slam play. I can't. I can't say the name of the play or the. Gotcha. Scene. That's okay. That's okay. It's a double slant play, and we have a backside tag read, and it's it's one of my favorite plays that I'm pretty good at. Yeah, I mean, you throw, I mean, you throw slants and like posts on the money, so that must be like a great play for you. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> um, no, this is all real cool, and you know, we touched base about some of this stuff, but just to hear, and obviously the maturity's, I mean, the maturity's still there for you, and the work ethic's there for you. So I'm not surprised at all. I mean, you're going to be successful, and as you continue to grind and continue to rise. Uh, there. Uh, so we'll be totally keeping an eye on you there. Um, you mentioned like your advice to young athletes out there a little bit about putting your face in the playbook and working hard. I mean, as a young high school kid, the recruiting process itself, what would be your advice about as far as picking a school? Like you ended up at new Haven and you had said there was coaches and philosophy and everything else, but to young high school kids out there, we've had a lot of young high school kids on this podcast. We have a lot that listen and really for any sport, it doesn't matter what they could hear this advice, but talk about your advice as far as picking the right school that you feel like maybe fits you as a person on and off the field. I would say don't look at the schools that promise you everything because mainly those are the schools that end up not doing the things that they promised you. Um, I've definitely learned that transparency and honesty um, of being up front with coaches is really, is really what separates a good coach from a bad coach. And when coaches are honest with you and they're genuine, you know, so I would say, Pick a school that's going to be genuine, that believes in your abilities, but is also going to be honest with you and is also going to not lie to you. Um, I remember New Haven was telling me, like, hey, look, we think you're good and we think, like, you have the athletic ability to succeed here and we think you can play here, but we're not going to promise you anything. And for me, and you know how I am, all I need is an opportunity. All I yeah. need to and I have an opportunity. So... If a school is giving you an opportunity to do what you love to do and is offering you the opportunity to get a great education, then I would say to take that school. I wouldn't really look into schools that are going to say you're going to come in right away and do this and do that and promise you the things that, you know, you desire as an incoming freshman. I really believe in putting your head down and working and earning things. And I feel like I've learned that through you as well. And I feel like that's carried on through post-grad and college. So once I heard that, you know, I'm not going to be promised anything, I'm going to have to come in and work. I was completely fine with that because that's literally all I've been doing my whole life anyway. So, yeah, me, I, mean, was- I feel like that's literally what I said to you. Like when, you know, I talked to you and your mom, like, yeah, you know, we have a kid who knows the system who's, you know, you're going to have to compete against them. And, you know, I was honest with him, too. And I was honest with the other guy. Like we have somebody coming in. Best person wins. Like it's what you do in the off season. Like you mentioned, like burying yourself in the playbook, working with your receivers, hitting the weight room. I mean, the things that you can control in high school, um, right. you know, obviously that kind of separates you because that's the same stuff you're going to need when you go to college. I mean, all those things are, if you're not doing that, like, yeah, you can't just rely on skill and athleticism because again, there's four other guys who have the same skill and have the same athleticism. So how are you separating yourself? 
you're in spring ball right now. I mean, talk about that for you because that is really like your first experience at it. I mean, foot your football season's over, but not really. I mean, I'd argue your off season's harder than your regular season because it is nonstop. I mean, you're in the weight room, you're working out nutrition. Um, I'm sure you're doing all sorts of compete stuff as, as a program and, and things like that. So, you know, what's spring ball like for, for college players? Oof, I mean, for, for for young guys listening, it is no joke. Um, it definitely is everything it is and then some. Everything that people say it is and then somehow you do mat drills, you go lift, you practice, you condition, and it's it's very rigorous. Um you're you're definitely being pushed to the pushed to the limits and you're definitely um you're definitely gonna be challenged at times where you're gonna have to find find it in yourself to be mentally tough. I feel like at our program, they do a really good job of that. They're really, really strict and hard on us when it comes to lifting and and not even the lifting part, but just eating and taking care of our bodies as well. And I feel like, you know, doing small things just as like going to treatment as well really helps. But spring ball is the time for you to get better. It's a time for you to get bigger, faster, stronger. And it's a time for you to just become a better player and develop in the ways that your program wants you to develop. So I would say spring ball is definitely harder, like you said, than the regular season, too, because it's every day. You know, regular season, you go through practices, you go through film, game preparation, you play your game, and it's the same thing next week. Spring ball, it's every day you're lifting, every day you're running, every day you're doing something to get yourself better. You're throwing with your receivers, you're meeting with your position coaches, you're going to grade check, you're doing all the things that you're supposed to be doing and then some, and I feel like it's a toll on you. It's a toll on your mind. It's a toll on your body. But if you withstand all that, you'll be, you'll um, come out a better player and a better person for it. So that's that's really what spring ball is. So obviously, you get to know these guys a lot more. You you see guys at a college level that are in their twenties, whether that's early twenties or mid twenties, that are just kind of animals. Who's a who's a dude on your team right now that if you had to walk into a dark alley with, you want this dude right next to you just in case. <laughs> So, I mean, honestly, we have a few. A few dudes, I'm sure. I'm we sure. Have a few, but we have a linebacker. His name is Joe Vitale. He is he is a stud. He's a dude. He's benching three or four plates every day. He's squatting three or four plates. He's he's doing he's doing his thing. Um he's a he's a tremendous leader as well. But he's 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 a little bit crazy, but you know, his 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 message gets across and um you you definitely don't want to get in his way. But uh <laughs> <laughs> but um he's he's definitely a great leader and he and he, he he's a stud for real like he yeah. he's 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 a guy I'd, I'd walk down the alley with for sure hey listen there's always that one I, i've asked every i ask a lot of guests on here i'm like who's the dude you walk down the dark alley with and it's just funny in linebacker i mean truthfully i would have guessed more defensive side of the ball no offense to you offensive guys maybe a lineman but defensive guys man that, that seems to be kind of the uh the, the corporate answer, I guess, is it's a, a strong safety, a linebacker, or some tough D lineman. So that's what I keep getting is feedback. So it's funny that you said linebacker. I'm not surprised. Linebackers are just a different animal. So, um, you know, and I, and I want to say, like, you know, really thank you for coming on here. Um, and I meant what I said about you at the top of this podcast that you are like what a high school coach would want in their program. You are what a college coach would want in their program. I mean, someone who works hard, zips their lips, 
asks good questions, puts the work in, is a good teammate, great leader, you know, and you'll be a great, a great leader for this program as you get older and you get yourself more acquainted with the offense and who you are. And as you develop as a person to figure out what are you, what are you taking up for school right now? What's your major? So it's funny you ask because I think you were literally the motivation for this major. Um, I'm taking up sports management and I want to, I want to, um, really work with the kids that weed themselves out of sports. I want to take those population of kids and figure out a way to keep them in sports. I feel like it's a great way to, to keep them, you know, engaged and into the right things. Like, especially me growing up, I'm from Boston um, originally. So I've seen a lot of kids that I've grown up and played with that were 10 times better than me, but I'm playing college football and a lot of those guys are at home and I want to learn and figure out a way to take people like that and honestly help them to get a better future and find a way for them to be in the position that I am right now. So I'm, I'm, I'm picking up that major and um, trying to just try to figure it out, but we'll, we'll, we'll figure it out soon. No, that's great. I mean, I think, I think what's important when you go to college is that if you're undecided, it's like, you know, you, people change their occupation all the time. They change what they do. They change the profession completely. They do something completely different. So, you know, at the age of 19, 20, 21 years old, no one necessarily knows exactly what they want to do or what they want to do for the next 50 years of their lives or 40 years of their lives. So there's no rush with that. I think for you, it's important to kind of like dabble and take a couple different classes, take some electives and just see what kind of catches your eye, you know, and if that's what continues to catch your eye, then great. And if it doesn't, you know, that's, that's part of the college process is really figuring out so many classes you can use for a different major. So it's not like you fall too far behind. If you decide to change a major or anything like that, worst case, it might be like a semester or something like that. So, um, you know, it's good. Keep, keep, you know, trying to figure that out. And that's great that you want to work with people and seeing what, what that is. Well, why is it that kids are dropping out of sports or not continuing to play sports? And I think that that's really admirable. You know, for me, it's kind of the same thing. Like when I started this podcast, leaving football was hard, you know, but being home and being with your family and being a great dad and being a great husband and really trying to, to keep that other structure part in your life. Cause football is like, I tell people this, but like football saved my life and truthfully structured my life and balanced my life in a way of like discipline and work ethic and, you know, being, being a good leader and kind of like you've, you've mentioned and type of person that you are like really kind of keeping your head down and just doing what you're supposed to. And that structure of like, you know, time management, like knowing that I have all this stuff I have to do and I have to manage it and balance it in a course of a day or a week or a month or a year and how you consistently do that every day. And to me, sport, specifically football has always done that for me. So when I left coaching, being able to stay involved in the high school world of sports, knowing what coaches go through, knowing what athletes want to see and want to hear and, and how you can help them. I just felt like there was way more for me to still offer out there. And I do this in the convenience of my home. Like that's the crazy part is like, I know so many people that go to studios and everything else, but it's that time management aspect that we've been talking about of knowing like, okay, this, I have two four-year-old twins. Like I can't go to the studio down the street and record because I need to be here. So it's kind of figuring out, you know, the areas of your life of what you can and can't do realistically, but then figuring out, okay, how am I going to do it? And how am I going to achieve this? So, um, I'm not surprised by your success at all. Like for anything, I'm just like grinning. Like, I'm just like, yeah, this is exactly 
what I saw for you. This is exactly what I knew was going to happen for you uh, and continue to happen for you. So, you know, I really mean this. I am proud of you. I think that, um, yeah, like, I mean, I want to talk to coaches about having you come down and talk to kids in their program, because I think just at the top, when we talked about your commute, I mean, I've told so many people that story, like, <laughs> about you. And it, we even put it on our podcast. If you remember, yeah. like last year, we did like a minute clip of like talking about you and talking about the work that you put into what you did and how you traveled and got a lot of views and a lot of likes. And, you know, that's what we try to do for people here. We try to show people to tell the story that no one knows, or, you know, someone like you would never talk about or brag about or say about yourself, but I yeah. will like, I'll brag about <laughs> that all the time for you. So I think it's amazing. Um, I think you, you were great today. And like I said, you're on spring break this week. So it just worked out to be able to catch you uh, when you were home and uh, you know, please tell everyone at home, scary Terry. I don't know if you see him, but tell him I'm always <laughs> asking for him and uh, you know, tell your mom. I said, hi too. obviously I'm a huge fan of your mom. I think she's a great mom and has done great things with you over the years. So yeah. Thank you. Thank you. Yeah, man. Absolutely. I have a question for you, though. All right. Fire away. I want to know what, because I remember when I first came to AC and we were doing sevens, like it was taking me a minute to really lock in on the playbook and really understand what we were trying to accomplish as an offense. And I was struggling a little bit. And I remember you throwing me in on defense just to see how I could help out the team as a coach. And that's what you're supposed to do. I understand that. But Eventually, when things started to click for me, I wanted I, I just never really got the chance to ask you, like, what went into the decision of me becoming a starter like at AC? Um, well, a lot of it early on when there, I mean, when the three of you were competing and that was you, Mike and Anthony, when you guys were competing, the first two scrimmages and that was, if I'm not mistaken, I think it was Arlington and mm. maybe Lawrence or might have been Ma I forget whatever the first two scrimmages were we really kept good data. Like we really kept good numbers and we try to call plays that we felt like, you know, because that first scrimmage, you get 10 plays, right? So it was trying to balance your guys reps and it was trying to throw plays at you of just making a quick read and get rid of the ball and see who could do that. And I felt like after those first couple of scrimmages, we then narrowed it down to two guys that we felt like statistically you and Mike were pretty balanced. We felt like you guys kind of made the right reads on certain things. And then as camp just kind of progressed, a lot of it was the little stuff. Like I love Mike. I still talk to Mike, you know, and I know that was a tough decision that I had to make as a coach. And, you know, obviously he was a great team player and learned to play tight end and try to play another position while still learning the playbook and understanding the playbook. If you ever got hurt, but for you, it was really just like those little things. Like I said, the coach cop at the end of the day, I was like, you know, I think Paul, offers more. I think Paul can help us out with his legs more. I think Paul has the arm to hit these receivers on the run. I just think we have to work with him on getting rid of the ball a little bit quicker and making that read a split second quicker. Like you said, a four, 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 three versus a four, five, four, six, like in a quarterback making a read, it's the same thing. Like there's a difference between seeing the window and hitting the window on a slant or a post or a drag versus holding on to the ball too long. And now the linebacker comes up or the safety comes up and that window's gone. So it was, we felt like your potential was just through the roof. It was just a matter of hoping that us as coaches could, could get you there. Um, and I just, I hung my hat on, on the end of the day, the commute that you made to come there every day. You were never late. Um, and I just felt like, man, how, how can I not play this kid when he's sure. doing everything we're asking him to do and skill wise, he is 
by to me was was the better quarterback at the time um and yeah i mean it was kind of all the intangible stuff but it really was the skill stuff too that i felt like really separated you and big picture i felt like once you learned the offense you had a whole nother year of just getting that much better you know obviously i ended up not being there that second year ear raid was you know, probably your style, truthfully, like getting rid of the ball and really sling, slinging it. But, you know, when you play for us, it was, I wanted to teach you how to read more. I just like wanted you to be able to like see windows and understand when you played at that next level, those were the things that you were already good at that you didn't have to maybe learn from scratch. So I just gave you a long winded answer there, but at the end of the day, it was skill set. but most importantly, it was worth ethic and like how I wanted to build this program as my second year as head coach. And you were somebody I wanted to build this program around. And I felt like they really skill wise wasn't, it wasn't too, it wasn't that close. Right. Um, but Mike was a great leader and did everything we asked him to do too. I just felt like your ceiling was a little bit higher. That makes sense. That does. That does. <laughs> yeah. So, you know, and that's tough. I mean, those are the tough decisions as a coach. And, um, you know, there was a part of me that was worried. I was like, what if this kid comes in and is not really a great quarterback? Now he's coming here and commuting every day. And, and you mentioned like trying you out defensively um, was more of a, what if, like if Paul wasn't our quarterback, where could this kid help us? Because again, it was like, this is like what I want to build my program around. Like I want to build around your, your type of attitude and your type of work ethic. And, you know, having 11 guys in the field that had what you had um, and not even just from a skill set, just from that. And so it was a, just in case, he doesn't win this QB, you know, competition. We got to get this kid on the field and where could he help us? Could, you know, quarterbacks are always, you know, pretty good safeties because they understand how to read a field and see, you know, what coverage you're in and where you might throw the ball if you were in the situation. And so being a safety or playing a little bit of, you know, I think we kind of tried you everywhere, truthfully a little bit, but, <laughs> um, but yeah, it was really trying to figure out what would Paul's role be if he wasn't the quarterback of this team, because it was, we wanted you somewhere on the field. So we were really trying to figure that out um, from the defensive side of the ball a little bit as well. No, that makes, that makes a lot of sense. Cause I want to get into coaching eventually too. So I like to ask the hard questions and like you mentioned about just the attitude piece in the leadership. I want to give um, Isaiah Osga his flowers too, because my senior year, we really wanted to learn, you know, what ways could we help out the next class? And I think my junior year, we weren't really so focused on those things, but I felt like my senior year when me, Malachi, and Manny, you know, put our heads together and we knew we, you know, it was a COVID season. We're probably going to have four or five games, which we did end up having. And we wanted to figure out a way to make it successful for the class behind us. And I feel like Isaiah and Seppi and Sulo and, you know, even Sean Casey, even though he's a knucklehead at sometimes, but, yeah. um, I really wanted to let those guys know that that I had their back and I wanted them to really, you know, learn, learn to switch the culture and ended up doing that. So I want to give Isaiah his flowers for carrying on, you know, the leadership and as well as the other guys for carrying on the leadership and them becoming successful in the next few years. So I feel like you trickling it down onto me and my class, um, the junior class, my junior year and really giving the guys below us, those sophomores and freshmen, a chance to really understand what leadership looked like and to really be um, instrumental for them and 
not the years that we were playing, but the years that they were going to be leaders. Um, that really did, that really did mean something. So I would say your impact did, did carry on. So I appreciate you for all those things that you taught me that I could pass down to the younger guys. Yeah, of course. I mean, you know, again, I don't feel like I did much. I mean, you guys came in loving football and, and having the work ethic. It was just me then teaching you the system. So, um, you know, I'm super proud of Isaiah too. I remember when coach Wilcox had taken over and, you know, him and I kind of talked on the phone. I said, you know, you got Paul for another year. And I go, you just, Paul's going to be the guy like, you know, he, the offense runs through him. But I said, you know, Isaiah didn't play a lot of quarterback his freshman year. I said, but this is, he's the guy, like he's the guy after Paul, you know, Thomas, I think was playing a lot more quarterback at that time. I was like, Thomas is going to be all around. Like he can play quarterback. If you need him to in a wildcat way, he'll play the slot. He'll play the outside. He can run the ball. He plays defense. Like Isaiah's your guy, a quarterback though. And so it was great. And I always, and I think I even texted Isaiah that we talked about that on the podcast. Um, you know, I texted him his sophomore year before it started. And I think it was like, even before the COVID stuff, truthfully. And I had said to him, you know, cause I left and I was sad. I felt, you know, I felt bad leaving and it bothered me for a while that I wasn't going to be able to finish out, you know, what I was starting to build there and obviously getting guys in like you and Malachi and Manny and um, Isaiah. And, and, you know, obviously for some of those returning guys like Sulo and Seppi and Rufo and a lot of those guys that you mentioned, um, I texted him and I said, you know, you got a great kid to learn behind right now. Take full advantage of it. Ask him questions, listen to him at practice, see why he did stuff because then it's your show for two years, man. And I said to him, I was like, you could be just as good as Paul, you know? And uh, he's like you. I mean, he works hard. He's, he's dog. He's, you know, he absorbs things. He, he's bettering himself. You guys both go to QB Academy. I mean, talk about that place for you. You go to M2 QB Academy. Oh, I know you yeah. kind of turn them on to that, but I see your clips there all the time. Every time I see that, I watch them all the way through. Sometimes it's like 25 of them, but I watch every single one of them and I look for you guys. And I always like, well, you know, screenshot or send it to you guys and show you the love a little bit. So uh, talk about a spot like that before we sign off here. So, Really, what got me into training with them was I think I just saw like an Instagram clip of a couple of people I knew that went there. And after my junior year, kind of like when COVID was first starting to like become what it was, um, I started I started training there, too. And what they what they did for me was really like they took my game from here to here. And a lot of the little things that I thought I already was good at. They were really teaching me and showing me like, you may think you're good here, but you should work on this a little bit more. You need to work on your alignment a little bit more, yeah. work on, you know, not only my alignment, but just being better with my feet and, you know, using my eyes and manipulating DBs with my my body language. And all the little things that I've learned from them really helped grow into my senior year, which is why I think like how you said, I became a lot better. I really got to give my flowers to them as well because they were really instrumental in me becoming a lot better as a complete player. Um, I felt like I was pretty good running already. I felt like I could already throw the ball like 60, 70 yards. Yeah. <laughs> but they really helped me get get um a lot better at throwing intermediate throws and throwing slants and throwing quick outs and really just learning how to just use my hips and my my legs and my lower base to create a better throwing um a better better situation for me throwing the ball so they were they were really good at that and um I I really thank Mike 
and all the guys there at M2 for helping me become a lot better because I feel like without them, I really wouldn't be the half the player I am right now, but they've done a great job. But I also have to give a shout out to who trained me first, um, a guy named Byron Beeman. He doesn't really coach right now, but he was really one of the first people that helped me become a lot better um, as far as footwork and becoming a quarterback mentally. I I think um, before I, I was your your starting quarterback. I didn't really understand what it meant to be a quarterback for a school. And he really laid the foundation for me to come better, become a better quarterback and to become a better leader and what it means to be uh to be a quarterback and a better leader. And he he was really um really there for me in other ways personally too. And he's he's really helped um he's really helped with the groundwork. And I feel like when I went to M2, they really just helped enhance it. So with the combination of them two, just trying to be, um, trying to make me become a better player and a better quarterback, I think it's really what helped me make that jump from my junior to senior year, just to become a little bit better. So without them two, you know, I, I I wouldn't I wouldn't be as good as I am. But as far as learning the reads and other things of of that nature, you and Coach Cobb were really really instrumental when it came to that. So. Yeah, combination of you guys really what made me a lot better. Well, you said it takes a village, right? At the end of the day, it took a village for you to help carry you to where you were and where you went to and where you are and where you're going. And uh, it, it's really cool to just hear how well you've been doing. And, uh, you know, I meant what I said, you know, you're a type of kid you build a program around. And I mean that. So, you know, we're honored to have you as a Beyond All-Star, someone who represents our brand and our product very well. Someone who I can't wait to keep shining a light on as time goes on and just seeing the successes that you have. So, you know, I appreciate again during your spring break coming out here, uh, getting on here with me, spending, you know, almost an hour here with me. Um, it feels like it flew by really quick, but, um, you know, I wish you the best of luck. Please stay in touch. I mean, we stay in touch through social media all the time anyway, so we'll continue to do that. Um, but, you know, I really wish you the best um, going forward. And like I said, we'll be keeping our eyes on you and we got to get down to the blue turf. I mean, you know, beyond yeah. to get down there. Maybe I run a few routes. You can throw me a few, you know, a few <laughs> passes on the blue turf if I don't have a heart attack. But, uh, you know, I, I, again, I really appreciate it. I'm a huge fan of you. We're a huge fan of you here and we can't wait to continue to see your successes grow. I appreciate that. Thanks for having me. And any, anytime coach P anytime I owe you my life, literally. So <laughs> thank you. Yeah, absolutely. So from beyond podcast, I'm your host, Anthony Petralis, uh, Paul Hammond till next time.